Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. Bishop, why do we stand when we make our confession of faith? It's good. It's a good interruption to just sitting. Sometimes when you sit, if you've ever had meetings with people, don't sit down. Make them stand up. The meeting will go faster. Okay, I, what, what you're literally doing is you are change. When you change your place, you change your pace, you change your space, and sometimes it gives you a better perspective. So sometimes simply standing alone uh, will change things. We do it because we honor the word. When anything you stand for, that means you honor it. All right, lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. One, two, ready, let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing for just a second. I want you to go to this scripture. I want you to go here. I want you to go to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4, verse number 6. We're going to come back to it in a minute. We're going to really go deeper from where we were on Sunday. Did you get some help on Sunday? I said, did you get some help on Sunday? All right. Uh, we talked about this. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? And I gave you three reasons. We're going to go further and deeper in that tonight. Somebody say, he loves me. Yes. Now watch what God says. My people are destroyed. Look at this. Not by the devil. Not by their mama now. Not by Bishop. Not by their cousin. Not by Pookie. Not by Ray Ray. They're destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. I need you not to be caught up in show. I need you to be caught up with substance. 
you are too easily distracted by stuff that looks good but has no substance. And just because it glitters does not mean it is gold. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But watch what Hosea says, and this is the Lord speaking, and it's recorded in Hosea. He says, because you have what? Rejected knowledge. Stop. He says, the reason you don't know nothing is because you don't want to know nothing. You think you know everything. I need you not to be a know-nothing know-it-all Wednesday. Because you've rejected knowledge. Watch what he says. I reject you. He says, you don't want to learn? You don't want this word? You don't want this Bible? I got something for you then. I reject you from being priests. What's that mean? He means I reject you from being able to have the type of relationship you want with me because you want me on your terms. And this ain't Burger King. You don't get to have it your way. Are you here? And since you've forgotten everything you've been taught at church, I want you to read the last part because that last part is rough. You read it. One, two, ready, read. But that's Bible. Say, Lord, don't forget me. Don't forget my descendants. Don't forget my bloodline. Say, I make a choice not to be an unlearned Christian. Woo! Say it again. I make a choice not to be an unlearned Christian. Father, customize, say, let make this word for us, your people, that we move and walk in those things that you've ordained. Father, as this authority and, and this atmosphere, rather, has already been taken authority of, I pray that tonight shackles of our mind would come on, blockades in our mind would come on, things that are stopping us would come on, and that tonight, Father, we would go deeper and we'd go further. Father, we want to be closer to you. Father, we want to be more like you. Father, we want to do things your way because if we do it your way, we get your results. We declare that tonight we're open and ready to receive. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, introduce the message to somebody. Just say, don't be an unlearned Christian. Don't be. Our series, as you know, is taboo topics, which is something that's not typically talked about. And Sunday's topic was this. Why would a good God allow what? bad things to happen. And we said this, that we all have asked this question or we know people who have asked this question or a variation of this to question. And we discovered on Sunday, watch this, that God is sovereign over what happens. He's not in control of what happens. And we looked at a couple of scriptures. The first was 1 Timothy 6.15. It says this, which he will display at the proper time, he who is blessed and the only sovereign. Say sovereign. That means he's the ultimate power and he's the ultimate ruler. Uh, he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And what's significant about this particular scripture is this, is that he's letting us know that God's power, while he is the ultimate power, he is not responsible for every little thing that happens. While he is the ultimate power, he's not responsible for everything that happens in your life. He's not responsible for everything that happens in the world. Why is this important to know? Because you will think that God is responsible for things that he's simply not responsible for. In the earth, we learn that he's delegated and given us authority. Somebody say, I got authority. If you don't think you have authority and power, you will walk around in the earth and you will walk around with your head down when your head should be up. If you don't think that you have authority and power in the earth, watch me, you will pick fights with people not realizing people are not your problem. The scripture says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Watch this. Somebody that's powerless is fighting at the lowest level. What do you mean? When you're powerless, you're fighting at the lowest level, which is human interaction. I need you to know that what tried to mess with you wasn't that person. It was the spirit behind that person. I need 
need you to know that what tried to intimidate you wasn't that individual. It was the spirit behind that individual. Why do I need to know that? Because if I'm carnal, I will pick a fight with a person instead of saying a person is too low for me to fight with. I need to go higher and I need to realize there's a spirit behind the individual that I'm dealing with. I wish you'd touch your neighbor and just say fight higher, fight higher. Why is this important? Because most of us spend our time acting like we don't have power and authority. And so you're doing things that are juvenile. You're doing things that are immature because you're trying to regain a sense of authority and power that you didn't realize you already had that God had given it to you. That's why Matthew 18, 18, put it on the screen, says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Which means it starts here. Somebody says it starts here. God says, whatever you tolerate, heaven tolerates. If you tolerate debt, heaven tolerates it. You tolerate a bad marriage, heaven tolerates it. You tolerate bad kids, heaven tolerates it. Whatever you sign off on, heaven says, fine, that's evidently what they want. I wish there were some people in this Wednesday that lie that would say, there's some stuff I've been tolerating and some stuff I've been accepting, but that ends today. That ends today. That ends today. Sickness ends today. Messing my family, it ends today. I need somebody to get angry about what you've been allowing and what you've been tolerating and say it ends today y'all ain't mad about it say it ends today I need you to be mad about the fact that you're worried about money I need you to be mad about the fact that you're worried about your credit I need you to be mad about the fact that you're worried about your business I need you to be mad about the fact that you're worried about your kids there's some things you will never change until you get angry enough about it. And one of the saddest things is to see people arrogant and ain't got nothing to be arrogant about. I got to preach hard, evidently. That's all right. L look at your neighbor and say, there's some things you need to get mad about. There's some things you need to say, you know what? I've been tolerating it for too long. I've been accepting it for too long. I've been saying, I guess this is just my lot in life for too long. I guess this is just the way it is. No, God says, I have given you authority. And whatever you bind down here, heaven says, we accept it up there. Whatever you loose down here, heaven says, we accept it up there. You're not some bump on the log. You're not powerless. You're not some chump. You're not chump change. You're not some bump on the log. You are, I feel like preacher, you are a king and a priest that means you're spiritual and successful you are the head and not the tail you are above and not beneath you are more than a I need somebody to realize who you are when you understand who you are it in fact changes what you do the reason we got so many haters in the world today is because you're busy trying to be somebody else because you don't recognize and understand that when you know who you are it automatically changes what you do I never had to lay hands on no cow and command it to stop clucking like a chicken because when it came out the womb it knew what it was so it learned that cows what do they do it since it knew what it was it knew what to do so I said I got power say and authority here's authority authority means I can use my mouth but power means watch this I can use my hands say I got both see authority means there's some stuff that the truth be told I got to use my mouth to speak to him and thou shalt say unto this mountain be thou removed I don't physically have the power or the capacity to move a mountain but I've got the authority to speak to it it is the Greek word exousia but then not only do I have authority, there's stuff I got power for. In other words, there's some stuff, watch this, I ain't got to pray about moving this. I just moved it. I need you to stop praying about stuff you can do yourself. Yep. 
I need you to stop praying about stuff that you can do yourself. I need you to stop begging God to do what you can do. I need you to stop begging God to fix the relationship. Get on the phone and apologize. Leave it there. I need you to, thank you. I, I need you to realize, somebody said, I got power. I need you to stop worrying about how to get the financial situation fixed. How many more messages do I have to preach? How many more books do I have to write? I dare you talk about somebody else's books and you ain't got your own pastor's books. It's going to be one of them nights, evidently. Say, I have authority and power. Which means there's some stuff that is bigger, so I got to speak to it. But there's some stuff that's well within my reach. Some stuff that's well within me. If I don't want to hear this keyboard no more, I can turn it off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I don't want this laptop up and I can shut it. Let me show you how foolish some folks look. Not you, somebody on your row. Father, in Jesus' name, just please shut the laptop. I rebuke your attitude. Lord, just, Lord, just shut the laptop. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Do it, do it, do it. Do it. Just shut it, Lord. Shut it. You know why there's some stuff we don't do? Because the truth is you ain't made it up in your mind to do it. You ain't decided that sometimes, watch this, you can either be right or be effective. Y'all not told me. Sometimes you're so busy trying to be right, you're ineffective. Huh? Huh? There's certain things. Listen, listen, the scripture says in Job, he says, here's how New King James says it, and you shall decree a thing. That's not what the original translation says. The original translation says, and you shall decide a thing, and it shall be established, and light shall shine on your path. I wish you'd decide to finally win. I wish you'd decide that you ain't gonna struggle for the second half of 2019. I wish you'd decide that you ain't dealing with the same family junk and drama in 2019. I wish you'd decide some stuff tonight. I wish you'd decide you ain't gonna go through depression for another round of it. I, I wish you'd decide your kids are going to college for free. I, I, I wish you'd decide. I, need somebody in here to make some decisions. I wish you decide you're going to be healthy in your body. I wish you decide cancer ain't going to kill you. I wish you'd make some decisions. So, consequently, we're praying. See how I did that? That didn't require prayer. But you know what many Christians are doing? And men shall clap their hands. Lord, close it. And God says, you do it. Why is this important to know? Because you will make a false indictment against God. You will falsely accuse him of failing you. And let's tell the truth. Who's done it? Me. All of us have. God, how could you let this happen? And God is like. Come again? I did that to you? Or did your fear do that to you? I did that to you? 
Or did your attitude did that to you? I did to you, that to you? Or the fact that you won't celebrate the Broncos more than you'll celebrate the blesser did that to you? I did that to you? I, I did that to you? Say, I have authority, authority. And, power. and power. I just need you to say it one more time because I need you to get that deep down. Say, I have authority, authority. And, power. and power. When you have authority and power, let me, let me, let me, let me go here. You don't have to threaten. You just act. Let, let me, for all of you terrorists in the room who threaten people, you make threats to create change because the truth is you ain't about that life. You, you ain't about that life. You ain't about action. It is. It's going to be rough tonight. Y'all got to stick with me. What do you mean I'm not about that life? You ain't going to do nothing. You've been threatening that boyfriend or girlfriend for years. Keyword, years. You ain't going to do nothing. You want to know who knows? They do. Want to know who else knows? God does. Want to know who else does? The enemy figured you out. He said, you real bold at church. You, you be shouting at church. You be giving God glory at church. But when it comes time to moving it, you ain't going to do nothing. When it comes time to saying, I'm not getting another credit card because I'm getting out of debt. You ain't going to do it. Y'all ain't talking. Say I have authority and power. No, 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 watch this. Watch this. You ready? Now, look at this. Hosea 4.6. So God, God makes an interesting statement here. Okay? He says, my people. This is interesting. Say, my people. God says, my folk. People who call my name. People who say I'm a good, good father. People say I'm a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that's who I am. He says, my people, watch me, not the world. My people are destroyed. Why, Wednesday? For a lack of knowledge. He said they love a show, but they don't have substance. They like, watch this, they like all of the fanfare. You, you, ever, you ever seen the award show where they give an award to a singer who can't sing? You ain't got to sing no more to make a million, million records now. You got out of tunes over here on the computer? Oh, we don't have it over here. Listen, we could turn this computer on and... I could just sound awful. You put that computer on, and make it sound like a whole nother thing. We're giving individuals awards for the work of a computer. Why is that significant to understand? He says, God says, my people are destroyed. 
for a lack of knowledge. Say lack of knowledge. It's easy to shout in church. You should. It's easy to dance in church. We should. It's easy to praise in church. We should. But when it comes to right now, when I don't have you touching your neighbor, when I don't have you releasing a praise, when I'm not giving you a countdown, and now you got to absorb knowledge and information, what do you do? When it gets real quiet in here, like now, what do you do? What do you do? Can I be honest? I don't even like silence. <laughs> when it gets real quiet, what do you do? Only thing you can hear is them lights. That's the fans you hear. <laughs> what do you do? You think something's wrong. You think something's bad. It was kind of dry. Or are you addicted to noise? And not knowledge. Are you addicted to having to be on the phone talking to people that don't know nothing? Are you addicted to noise? Make some noise! Are you addicted to noise that drowns out your situation? It drowns out your circumstances so that you never gain knowledge. It's quiet in the church. It's quiet in the church. It's quiet in the church. Some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all looking at me kind of strange right now. Like, when is he gonna move on beyond this point? I got it. That's my point. You're so fast to miss Pat to move past the moments that educate you. So you can be stimulated. So rather than protein, give me some carbs. And then you wonder why you don't have the strength you need. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now let's move. It's too quiet. <laughs> Here's the verse. My people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. Gnosis is the Greek word. This is Old Testament, but in the New Testament, the word would be gnosis. It's, it's, it's not just information, but it's, it, it's deeper. It's what does it information mean for me? So what does it mean for me? Then he says, because you have rejected it. He said, you don't want to listen when you're corrected. You want to talk about how you're right. You don't want to listen when information is presented that suggests you could have done it another way. You want to defend the way you did it. You're a dangerous person if you can't be told nothing. Because you've been where you're going. And you're the only one don't know it. Say, Lord, I love to learn. Yeah, we're about to go there. Here it is. He says, because you have rejected knowledge. How do we reject knowledge? Let's just be real practical. How do we literally, how do we reject knowledge? One, it's because we don't avail ourselves to it. You cannot say, um, 
that as your pastor, I've not done everything possible to make the word available to you. I've done everything possible, and it's totally free. Everything possible. I, I, I can't do no more. Got it? You got it on podcast, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Book of Faces. You got it everywhere. <laughs> Book of Faces. It's coming out next year. All right. You got it everywhere. Okay. How do we reject it? One, we just don't listen to it. Okay. How do we reject it? Number two, we just don't apply it. So I know it. I just ain't doing it, though. Okay. That's like. It's like if I say, you know, um, every time we come in here, hand me that clock. Okay? So go ahead and hand it to me. Don't show them the time. Ain't none of their business. I'll be done when I'm done. Right? All right. So what did he just do? He applied. He applied knowledge. knowledge. What did I tell him to do? Every time we come in here, bring me the clock. Okay, go ahead and put the card back. Don't show them that time. Got it? Okay, it's a new day. He has perhaps some stressful, hold on, hold on. Maybe he had some stressful things happen. Maybe he had some frustrating things happen. Maybe he had some things that angered him. He's angry. Maybe he hasn't eaten. Maybe somebody really ticked him off. Maybe he got a Facebook message that made him mad. He got an email that made him mad. So now, whoop, new day, we come in here. Where my clock at? He knew to do it. He didn't do it. And he felt justified in not doing what he knew to do. But what he didn't understand is this time, had he brought me the clock, there was going to be an exchange. I wish you would look at me. This time was going to be the time for when he did what he was supposed to do. He was going to be rewarded for what he was supposed to do. I need you to realize, touch your neighbor, say, I got to obey all the time. I need I need you to realize that when you make obedience your lifestyle and you apply what you learn, say consistently. You're not rejecting knowledge. Did you catch that? Here's the third way that we reject knowledge. So one, we simply don't listen. Two, we, we simply don't apply consistently. Consistently. Here's the third way that we reject knowledge is that we selectively apply it. Selective application. Like, I'm going to do this in this time, but I'm not doing it in this time. Selective application. How many of us have done that? We've all done that. Yeah, if your neighbor didn't raise their hand, they lied because they just did it. So <laughs> <laughs> now they done it. Say rejected knowledge. Rejected knowledge. So here's the price for the rejection of knowledge. Okay? And when we deal with knowledge, I'm not just talking about book smart because you can be book smart and, and life dumb. Dumb. <laughs> you ever met somebody that could work an equation but couldn't pick a man. I mean, just, you know, just. <laughs> they could edit your term paper, but just couldn't, you know. Let me stop. <laughs> 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 Watch. 
It says, you rejected knowledge. Say rejected knowledge. So, so selective application, um, selective application, you can reject the word. When we're talking about knowledge here, we're not just talking about book smart. And that's good. You want that. But really what we're talking about is knowledge of the word. Okay? Say the word. What's the word? The Bible. Reading it isn't knowing it. That's memorizing it. Just like music. You, you can memorize a song in a certain key. Change the key. If you didn't learn it, you're going to be lost. Y'all not talking to me. You can be like, wait a minute. Making all these signs like, you don't know the song, girl. That's the problem. You memorized it. You don't know it. When I know it, watch me Wednesday. No matter what circumstance I in, I'm in, when I know it, I know how to apply it. Y'all not saying nothing to me. So on the mountaintop, I know what to do. In the valley, I know what to do. While I'm climbing up, I know what to do. When I'm going down, I know what to do. Say, Lord, I thirst for the word. So, so, so watch this. He says, so God says, since you rejected knowledge, let's move on. I only need 10 more minutes. Since you rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. What's a priest? A priest is one who went to, uh, who went to the uh, God on behalf of the people. So what is he saying? He's saying, essentially, your relationship with me is going to be affected because you want me on your terms. You want me on your terms. Like, you want me to do all this for you. And you ain't done nothing I said. And the reason you haven't done anything that I said is because you rejected knowledge. You bypassed the part where I said, if you do this, then I'll do this. So you went to the then, but you didn't do the if. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? All right, I know I'm teaching slow tonight. Give me, give me five minutes, and we're going to give five. Right? I want to make sure you get this. He says, you don't get to have the type of relationship with me that you like. He says, matter of fact, I reject that. Is he rejecting you? No. What does he say? I reject you from being. He says, I don't throw you away, but I will not tolerate that concept of a relationship with me. Married people, this is equivalent to your spouse saying, and this is 21st century, and this is Denver, so this might be risky. So, you know, if you get offended, that's your problem. First mistake was thinking I was like most pastors. Hey, babe, let's have an open relationship. You know I love you. Girl, you know I, I love you. But I just, I just want to see other people. No, you're still my wife. <laughs> but what I want is I just want some others. I'm not just going to ask the married ladies. I'm just going to ask the ladies, period. Ladies, would that work for y'all? No, no. No. Fellas, 
here's your wife. Hey, babe. You're a great husband. You're a great provider. But I just want to see other men. And stay married to you. You shouldn't have a problem with it. I went through your DMs the other day, and so... Fellas, would that be acceptable? Y'all were kind of slow. I only got one assertive no. Fellas, would that be acceptable? Say no! All right. So here's what God is saying you tried to do. God, you know I love you. You know I need you. You know you're the only one make ways the way you do. You know you're the only one opening doors the way you do. You know you're the only one that can heal my body when it's rocking with pain. But God, I like other things to be my source. Y'all ain't talking to me. God, I don't, I love you and I know you can be trusted, but I got faith in my job. My kids are number one. My spouse is number one. God, I'm trying to get married, and so that's more important than honoring you. All these other things. So God, oh, and by the way, I don't give faithfully. You understand. I got bills. Do you accept these terms of my relationship with you? What y'all think he gonna say? So if God wouldn't accept that, and you just told me openly that you wouldn't accept that, why do we then present to God a relationship opportunity that's not in alignment with what he said. I'm talking slow because I need to make sure you get it. I need this to get in your sanctified soul. Where that's at? That's somewhere down up in here. That's what they say in old church, in your belly. Just so you know, there's nothing in your belly but, but stomach and food, okay? Maybe that's just a southern church saying. Why is this important to know? God says, I do not accept those terms of relationship. I don't accept that. I don't accept that you're just going to treat me any old kind of way. And watch this. And not even be repentant. This is a Wednesday night crowd, so I, I, I catch it. That you, I can, can, I, can, I, can I just talk, can I talk to, a mature, to maturity for a moment? I, I, God says, I just don't accept the fact I don't mind that you made mistakes. I mind that you're arrogant about it. I'm mad that you ain't even repented for it. 
I'm mad that you got an attitude that somebody told you you should repent about it. And since you've forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Now, here's what that term unlearn means. Say unlearn. It means to discard something learned, especially, especially outdated information from one's memory. So, so, so watch this. The unlearned Christian, watch this, doesn't know the word. And they have to ask what would Jesus do opposed to knowing what he did. This is too much. So on Sunday, I introduce you to three people. Where are you going with all this, Bishop? On Sunday, I introduce you to three people. But before I do that, let's just take a break. Can we take a quick break? I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that even when I presented him with the terms of my relationship, watch this, that while he wasn't having that, he still wanted me. (laughs) I need somebody to give God glory that while he said, I can't do it like that, but I still want you. Would you just release the praise in this atmosphere that you're glad that he still, somebody say, he wants me. Say it again, he wants me. That's good news, okay? God says, I'm not going to be able to do that. I want you, though. We need to learn how to be able to separate God not liking a thing between God not liking us. So he likes me and he loves me. There's just certain things God is like, that ain't going to work. I ain't going to be able to do that. I ain't going to be able to do that. Now, I introduced you to three people on Sunday. And the unlearned Christian will look at these things in the wrong way. So the first person we looked at was a guy who was blind in John chapter 9. And we learned that God allows bad things in order to bless. Say he allows bad in order to bless. Now we looked at that, John 9. We're going to look at the verses again one more time because now I want you to look at it through the lenses of knowledge. So now every time you see yourself in a situation like this, I want you to look at it through the lenses of knowledge. Say knowledge. Now that I know the word, I'm not worried about what's bad because bad works for my good. Romans 8, 28. And we know that what? All things do what? Work together. Which means even the bad works for me. Even the stuff that hurts works for me. Even the stuff that angers me works for me. Y'all not talking to me Wednesday. Say it works for me. All right, so when I look at it through knowledge, watch this, when I look at it through an understanding of the word, then what happens is, is that I don't falsely accuse God of not being good. I don't falsely accuse God of not being faithful. I don't falsely accuse God of not being just because I have knowledge. And that knowledge now means that he and I have a relationship on his terms. Watch me, which means even if it's bad, I'm still going to bless him. Come here Wednesday. Why? Because I got knowledge now. So I don't have to be mad at God because of what I'm going through. I can take my energy. I feel like preaching now. I can take my energy and my anger out on the right party now. Which means, watch this. I'm going to keep blessing him while I'm using my authority and my power to deal with my situation. Because I got knowledge. Somebody shout knowledge. I'm not going to resist praising him. I'm not going to resist giving him glory. I'm not going to resist worshiping. Why? Because I got knowledge. What's the knowledge I have? The knowledge I have tells me that if he allowed it, he's about to bless me. If it's bad, he's about to bless me. If it hurts, he's about to bless me. So with knowledge, I can handle it right. Because all things work. All things work. Do the movie with me. All things work. So when you view it like this, that means it's working. And I might not get it now, 
But after a while, I'm going to look back and say, thank you. Is there anybody in here on Wednesday night that can look back over your life and say, there's some stuff that when it was happening, I was mad. But when I look back, I can say, thank you. Thank you that I didn't get in that bad relationship. Thank you that I didn't go into that business opportunity. Thank you that that person betrayed me. Thank you that that person left me. Is there anybody on Wednesday that can say, thank you for some stuff that you... knowledge I can say thank you when I have knowledge watch this I don't reject God because of a something rejecting me when I have knowledge I can handle it differently so this guy he's blind from birth you know the story John 9 1 as he passed by he saw a blind man from birth and his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned the man or his parents that he was born blind so there's some things I can't control. Look at me. I, I said this earlier today. I want to say to you. Too many times you are worried about making a perfect decision so that you make no decision. And the reality is, is you need to make the best decision. Here's what you might say. Well, it went bad. Well, there are certain things you don't have control over. You don't have control over other people. So you can't say that was a bad decision. Well, no, it was good when I made it. I didn't know they were going to do that. Y'all not talking to me. Got it? Okay. He says, this man was blind from what? Birth. So he had no control over this. Verse 3. Jesus answered, is, it, is this man know his parents' sin, but that the works of God might be revealed through him or displayed in him. Say, God's using me as an example. I like that. Y'all sound like an army. Say, God's using me as an example. So be a good one. Like, stop complaining about it. Matter of fact, I'm going to need some of y'all to just wipe them tears. Get your mascara together, ladies, fellas. Do whatever you got to do. Brush your shoulders off. Why? Because be a good... If they going to see me, they going to see me winning. If they going to see me, they ain't going to see me swim. If they going to never let your enemy see you swim. If you going to see me, you going to see me winning. Say I'm an example. I said, say I'm an example. If they going to see you, let them see you smiling. You're an example. If they're going to see you, let them see you giving God glory. Some of you wonder why. Some of you wonder why sometimes God will allow other people to know about your struggles. And since God says, be an example. Show them how to fight through it. Show them how to praise through it. Show them how to worship through it. Show them how to give God glory through it. Now, now look at this, verse 32. We looked at this on Sunday. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man. Done what? Born blind. Never been done before. So here's the trip when God's doing something in your life that's never been done before. If you're an unlearned Christian, you will think something's wrong. Because you don't have the knowledge of the word where God says, I'm doing something new in you. So the reason you haven't seen this before, watch me. And even the people you talk to, they can't even relate to what you're saying. I wish somebody would tell me, talk back to me. It's because what I'm doing in you is new. And when you have knowledge, 
you don't get afraid that you're the new thing. When you have knowledge, you don't get angry that you're the new thing. Say, I'm the new thing. All right, second person we looked at, and, and I gave you this point. I just want to hit it again, but we're hitting it through the lenses of knowledge. See this? So you'll stop being angry at God when you have knowledge. Because you'll realize your relationship with him is on his terms, not your terms. Which means you don't get to tell him, do me like this. He's like, no, that ain't what you need. Right now, watch me. There's some of y'all, God says, right now, what you need is you need to learn how to listen. So I got you in a situation that's forcing you to listen. Listen, Linda. Number two, we said that God allowed bad to be your dad. Remember that? We looked at Jeremiah chapter 30, verse number 12. For thus says the Lord, your hurt is incurable. Your wound is grievous. There's nobody to uphold your cause. No medicine for your wound. No healing for you. Verse 14. All your lovers forgot about you. They care nothing for you. This doesn't just mean romantic lovers. You ever notice how fast some friends were like friends on Monday and by like Tuesday at four? <laughs> you know, Wednesday at 7.30. Whatever it is. For I've dealt with you the blow of an enemy, the punishment of a merciless flow. Because your guilt is great because your sins are what? Flagrant. He said, listen, I'm your dad. Got it? And sometimes as your dad, I can talk to you. Right? Fathers, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you can talk to your kids. All right, son, don't do that no more. Okay, daddy. All right, daughter, don't do that no more. <laughs> okay. And you crying, I ain't even done nothing. Sometimes it requires more than that. I have to say, obey your local, state, and federal laws. Now, watch this. God says, Allowed bad to be your dad. When you have knowledge of this, and when you're not operating as an unlearned Christian, you'll even find delight in my discipline. Let me back that up. When you're not unlearned, you'll find delight in my discipline. So when he's disciplining, you'll be like, you ever got a whooping, and at the end they say, you know I love you, right? You're like, if you love me, why did you do this to me? If you don't know what a whooping is, I forgot. This is Denver. I can please consult Google. Google it. But when you have knowledge Wednesday, you're going to look at that and say, thank you. Even when you get checked, you're not going to be. <laughs> when you have knowledge, say, I'm not unlearned. Are you getting the point, church? When you have knowledge and you get checked, you'll be like, praise the Lord. Now, wait a minute. You need to hear what I'm saying. You need to hear what I got to say. You need to understand because you don't have a full story and you make a jump to conclusions. When you have knowledge, you'll say, Anybody grow up in the old school South? I just got, give me two more minutes. Anybody grow up in the old school South? Well, um, um, you could be sitting on the, give me them three chairs. Y'all come up here. In the front row of you singers, you come here. You whole, you, you three singers right there. Green, white, green. Come on. Come on. Come on, guys. We don't have to have a meeting at the Joint Chiefs. <laughs> Let's bring the chairs. Send them, send them right here. 
Give me some devotion music. Baptist devotion. Put them right next to one another like a pew. You didn't have space. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Here, take the pulpit. Now you sit in the middle. You're going to be the mama. Now in the old school church, they didn't have kids church. In, in old school church, everybody sat in, the, it wasn't no auditorium, it was a sanctuary. Let me tell you why we don't use that word at harvest. We don't use the word sanctuary because it means hiding place. We didn't come in here to hide. Somebody say, I didn't come in here to hide. Now y'all start, you and you, y'all the brother and sister, y'all start playing and doing stuff and giggling and stuff. Right there in church, Get them on the side. <laughs> they would get that little side piece of skin and do it. And pinch you. And watch this. And you couldn't cry. You couldn't holler out. You just had to sit there. And then when you say, can I go to the bathroom? My mama use it on myself. You better not. You're going to sit right here until Rev is done. What's the lesson? Even when you're being disciplined, take it. And don't run from it. Y'all will catch it in a minute. Even when you're going through a course correction, take it and don't run from it. Even when you're going through stuff that's painful, take it and don't run from it. I wish you would sit next to somebody that would testify to you and just tell you, take it, don't run from it. Say, take it, don't run from it. Thank you. So here's the last thing. The last guy. I'm done. The last guy. <laughs> Giving honor to God. Some of y'all don't know about that. All right. Watch. Look what he says. Verse 15. Why are you crying over your hurt? Why are you crying? Because I pinched you. You needed a pinch. Because your pain isn't curable, because your guilt is great, because your sins are fragrant. I have done these things to you. Verse 16. Therefore, all who devour you shall be devoured in your foes. Something shifts in verse 16. He changes from being about you, because evidently, all of a sudden now, they started to receive it. Let me tell you the, smart, the smartest folks, the smart, and you're one. Say, I'm one. The smartest folks ask this question. What else can I do to improve? Got it? Arrogant people are like, I did good. I killed it. You did. You killed it. Murdered it. It's dead. Watch this. I'm, I'm talking. Are you getting something, church? Verse 17. He says, I will restore health to you 
and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord, because they called you an outcast. It is Zion for whom no one cares. 24, the fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he's executed and accomplished the intentions of his mind. In the latter days, you will understand this. In other words, God says, you're going to get it later. But in the middle of discipline, you're not going to get it. You're going to think he picked on you when really he picked you. Okay? Say, he didn't pick on me. Say, he picked me. Say it again. Say, he didn't pick on me. Say, he picked me. Now, now watch this, this Hebrews 12, 6. For the Lord disciplines the one whom he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. Now, who does he discipline? Who he loves. So when God pinches you, that means, you know, I love you, right? Come on here, church. How many of us right now, you're going through some discipline? Just be honest. Just be honest. Now say, yes, Lord. Oh, God, we're going to go in for much a moment. Say, yes, Lord. Say, thank you for loving me. Say, thank you for not rejecting me. Say, thank you for receiving me. That's proof of love. Silence is proof of rejection. Okay? And the last point I gave you on uh, Sundays. The second one was he, he allowed bad to be your dad. The last point was God allowed bad so that you know what you have. Now, I gave you this woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. And this particular woman, say 2 Kings chapter 4. This particular woman, you know the story. Her, uh, they come to her and they're like, um, you know, hey, we're taking your stuff because... Uh, uh, taking your kids, in fact, because your husband, he's gone, but he, he didn't have no business. And so we got debt, and we need to pay this debt. And in the Hebrew culture, to pay the debt, they took the chariot, right? And so the man of God says to her, well, you know, what do, what, what do you want me to do? Um, here's what she wanted him to do. Prophesy that her cabinets would be filled and her bank would be fat. That's what she wanted. Can't you just prophesy that they leave me alone? Can't you just prophesy they die and the company shut down and close? Come on, Wednesday. And the man of God says, because God has allowed this bad. See, say knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, you're going to miss the lesson because you're so busy trying to get out of it. Back it up. You're going to miss the lesson because you're so busy trying to get out of it. Lord, get me out of this valley. Get me out. And God is like, get the lesson. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I received the lesson. Come on, every hand. I need every hand up. Say, Lord, I received the lesson. Watch. Look, he, he, he literally, he literally, he says to her, Verse 2. And notice how she does it. Watch her manipulation. 2 Kings 4.1. Go, go back to 2 Kings 4.1. It says, the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant. Watch her manipulation. He been with you. He been up at the church all day. He been serving. He on the dream team. Watch the manipulation. This ain't the dream team's dad. See how quiet it got? This, Elisha's like, this ain't my debt. I told that boy to get some insurance. I told that boy to text my best life. <laughs> he didn't do it. 
Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? You tell me. He says, watch this. He says, you want me to solve this problem. He says, let me ask you something. What do you have? He said, what do you have? What, what, what do you already have? Watch her response. We looked at it on Sunday. Your servant has what? Nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing. You ain't even got to shout. I ain't got to shout. You ain't even got to thank you, Jesus. I don't have a thank you, Jesus. You don't have a seed. I don't have a seed. Reminds me of that praise report of somebody said they sold the 41. They only have 43. If they were like this woman, they would have said, I don't have nothing. Because your servant has nothing in the house except the what? Jar of oil. Look at me. She missed the value of what she had. What type of oil would this be? Olive oil. How do you get olive oil? You crush olives. How many olives to get one bottle of oil? A whole lot. How much, how much is a can of olives? 78 cents. How much is, a, is, a, is the little small container of extra virgin olive oil? Well, if you get the store brand, you can get it for five or six. But if you get, if you get the green label, they don't sell that for less than $9.99. What was the difference? A few cents, less than a dollar, and, and several dollars. What's the difference? The price is paid. What this woman had? Something expensive. Watch this. That she wasn't willing to use for her own miracle. Your servant has nothing except my oil. And I only have a jar of it that I got for $10, but it was a sale. And they did a roll back, and I got it for $8.88 plus tax. Look at the next verse. I'm done. I'm talking slow because I want us to get it. Then he said, go outside. Now, imagine her face. She's already set it up. Your servant, my husband, who been with you all this time, he gone. You know, you were there. You did the funeral. We funeralized him on last Thursday. That's the term. And some of y'all just learned something. And he's, he's gone. And we need some money. They coming to get my boys. They coming to get my boys. They coming to get my boys. Watch what she's trying to do. Don't you feel bad for me? It's my kids. And you want to know what Elisha says to her? What you got? Look at me, Wednesday. God is literally asking every person under the sound of my voice right now. For what you're trying to do, tell me what you already have. Come here, Wednesday. Tell me what you already have. Come here, Wednesday. Tell me what you already have. And look what he says. Go outside. I'm done. Are you getting something? Borrow vessels from all your neighbors. Wait a minute. She was trying to keep this between the man of God 
her. You want me to go as Carol Lim, Jackie? You want me to go ask them for vessels? They're not even going to match. They're going to be asking, why do I want this? They're going to ask, why do I want this vessel with nothing in it? They're going to want to know why I need the vessel. And I'm too proud to say I need help. Watch. It's quite, it's, it's, it's quiet. Watch. Verse 4. Then go in, shut the door after you borrowed these vessels from your neighbors. You and your sons. He said, they need to be a part of this. Because one day they're going to be grown, mama. They need to see you trust God. Come here, every parent. They need to see you trust God. You're going to have to teach them how to trust me. They need to be a part of this. Stop trying to be Superman and Superwoman. They need to be a part of this. Are you saying this in your Bible? Look what it says. So she went in, did what she was told, her and her sons. God's going to use your struggle to bring synergy. Married couples, families, businesses, are everybody. Say synergy. Because when you are fighting a common problem, you'll set your issues and differences aside and say, let's handle this issue. Here it is. Verse 6. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another. And he said to her, Mama, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She started with one vessel full of oil. She got a bunch of mismatched vessels. Look at me. Some of us miss out on a miracle because nothing about the process to get it is the way we imagined it. Y'all see how these three things down here match? These three uh, containers down here, they match. I like stuff that matches. I like symmetry. Y'all see there's two chairs over there. There's a rug centered in between there. She has two pieces of truss right there. Are you catching the synergy? See how the V is on this and the V is on that? Like I don't, I don't, I like stuff to, you see? Are you catching the point? And sometimes your pursuit of perfection is why you haven't possessed. Because each of these vessels ain't going to look the same. Because she shop at Kroger. She shop at the Piggly Wiggly. She shop at Walmart. She shop at Target. She goes to Ikea. She goes to Mikasa. She just got some plastic Tupperware. 
It's not going to match. It's going to be messy. God is like, but are you operating from knowledge? I'm the same God that made mud pies. Think about it. Put it in God's eyes and say, go wash and you'll be able to see. I'm the same God that I could have let them walk across the Red Sea, but I needed them to participate in a miracle. So I raised the water and I dried the land and said, walk on the dry land. Y'all going to catch it in a minute Wednesday. I'm the same God that when I want to do something, it's not always going to be the way you want. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have them perfect vacuum lines. Come here Wednesday. Say it won't be perfect. But when you don't have knowledge of that, you'll say, God, this ain't you. It's not pretty. It's not nice. It's not the way I want it. Why aren't you just smacking my enemies down? Why is this not the way I want it to be? Am I talking to anybody? Verse 7. She came and told the man of God. And he said, good. Good job. You did what I told you to do. With what I'm supposed to do now. Sell the oil. I'm a single mom. And you want for me to start a business. Yep. Call it Mama and Sons. Custom oil. Look at me. Sometimes God says, the way to what you want is in a straight line. Y'all ready to shout? I said, are y'all ready to shout? Sometimes the way to what you want is not a straight line. It's not just that you woke up and boom, there you go. Sometimes the way to what you want, say it's not a straight line. Sometimes the way to what you want, God says it's going to be like this. Now I got to wait a little bit. Okay, go for it. Uh, got to make a move over here. I'm trying to get over there. Some touch on everything. It's not a straight line all the time. Yeah, and so I'm getting frustrated because the journey is all of this. It's all of that. It's, it's so much. I'm over here, and then it's like I take one step forward. Then I got to, y'all not talking to me. But, but watch this. Touch on everything. But you're still making progress. Say it, but you're still making progress. And if I don't have knowledge of that, this will frustrate me. If I don't have knowledge of this, this will make me give up. If I don't have knowledge of this, this will make me throw in the towel. If I don't have knowledge of this, this will make me say, God, you're not with me. He is with you. It just ain't going to happen the way for you want it to happen. I need you to throw your hands up and say, he is with me. Say it with me. Say, he is with me. And I'm on my way to my journey. I'm on my way to where I'm going. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, I got to cry some tears sometimes. Sometimes I'm going to get knocked down right in the middle of my journey. Sometimes I'm going to get knocked down right in the middle of my path. Sometimes I'm going to get knocked down. But touch your neighbor and say, but I'm still making progress. 
Yeah, and sometimes you're going to be like, this is too much, but baby, you better hear me Wednesday. Somebody shout, but it's worth it. Say it again. Say, but it's worth it. He said, listen, I'm going to get you to get your debt paid, but you're going to have to do it a whole nother way. I'm going to get you to debt freedom, but it ain't going to be the way you want it. I'm going to get your family together, but it ain't going to be the way you want it. I'm going to get your business together, but it ain't going to be the way you want it. I'm going to get your ministry together, but it ain't going to be the way you wanted it. Somebody say, but it is worth it. He said, your journey's, your journey's going to have a whole lot of this, that, and the other. He said, but... If you don't grow weary, and where weary means decline, because if you don't grow weary in well doing, imagine if while she's pouring that oil, she's like, I'm so sick of pouring. When is somebody going to pour back into? I'm so sick of caring. When is somebody going to care about? I'm so sick of fighting for people. When is somebody going to fight for? But she keeps going because if you allow bad, if you know if you have, the journey's all over the place. You will reap a harvest in due season if you faint. Now, this is where I'm trying to get. But I had to go through all of that. I had to go through all of that just to get there. But what happened? Over here, I learned. That no don't mean never. Over here I learned how to get it done by myself. Over here I learned who not to trust. Over here I learned that one bad day don't mean throw the whole week away. Over here I learned, come here, we're getting ready to go. Touch your neighbor and say, I learned some stuff along the way. But And over here I learned that, watch this, my praise is a weapon. And over here I learned that my worship works and over here I learned that the same God that got me through that can get me through this and over here I learned I've been learning things along the way I've been learning things in my journey and baby because I didn't grow weary in well doing I made it to where I was trying to go y'all I'm done let me close the laptop but I just need somebody in this atmosphere that is glad that your journey ain't been a straight line to just give God some glory in this why? I've been learning some things. I've been figuring some things out. I've been finding it. I said, give him glory, church. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives 
to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this for me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.